If you like the Live Wild podcast and enjoy hunting-related apparel, I've got you covered. I just launched some great t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts under my own Live Wild brand. You can find them now on my website, remywarren.com. I just want to say thanks again, everyone, for all the support, and I really hope you enjoy these designs as much as I do. Who knows? Maybe you'll head over to my website and find your next lucky hat. I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is brought to you by Mountain Tough and Yeti. A lot of the tactics I talk about here require you to be in top physical shape. So I partnered with Mountain Tough to help get you ready for the mountain. With their science-based hunter-specific training app, you'll get in shape and mentally tough, able to tackle any hunt. Because we really believe this will help you be more successful, as a listener to this podcast, we're giving you six free weeks to get you started. Just use code LIVEWILD. Yeti's been a longtime supporter of mine and has some of the best products out there, including their just-released 15 and 60 Go Boxes. These are durable, stackable, dust and watertight storage that's great for organizing and transporting all your favorite gear to and from the field. I actually got to test some of these this past season and put them through the paces traveling from hunt to hunt. It kept my stuff accessible and protected. Practical in so many situations, from raft trips down the river to elk camp in the Rockies, it's nearly indestructible, go anywhere storage that's now available. Welcome back to the Live Wild Podcast, everyone. Before we get too far, I just want to remind you guys that the deadline to win a chance to hunt with me in New Zealand is coming up. So today's Thursday. You just have until the end of March 31st, just a couple days here, to get in. And it's going to be an extremely awesome hunt. I'm really excited about it. The cool thing about this trip, too, is we're covering a lot of your airfare or $2,000 worth of your airfare. Everything's included once you get there. I'm really looking forward to chasing free-range fallow deer with someone. This is one of my favorite hunts of the year, and I'm going to take someone along for the ride. So if you haven't already, you can head to my website, find out more, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about it at the end of this podcast so you can hear more on how to get entered. Make sure you're in because it's going to be an incredible opportunity, and I'm really looking forward to it. Now, for this season, many of you might be heading out with plans of packing in somewhere or trying a backpack hunt, backcountry hunt. There are so many years that I think about that I just felt like I actually lived out of my backpack. And through that, I've really found a balance between weight and utility, meaning that there are certain places that I could shed weight in other spots where I just chose to have more gear. But it was always this balance. So if you're venturing in on your first backpack hunt, it can be pretty hard to know where to start. Or maybe you're just a seasoned backpack hunter but you want more tips on streamlining your setup and knowing ways to shed weight or maybe places to cut corners. I'm gonna break down some of the things that I've learned over the years. I'm gonna show you where you'll wanna skimp on weight and where you just don't wanna have to worry. You know, when I think about my hunting setup or backpack hunting setup, I really divide it into six categories. So I have shelter, food, clothing, my standard gear, then personal items, and then hunting specific gear. This week, we're going to be diving into the balance of that weight and utility. And there's hunts where you just need more. There's also areas where you can shed gear. And then there's varying lengths of trips. So I'm going to cover the places that I shed weight, places where I might actually add weight, 
and how I gain an overall balance for the task at hand. I'm going to dive into those six categories, and I'm going to share some anecdotes and personal stories from trips of the past. But first, I want to share the story of how my philosophies changed over the years. So let's get packing. When it comes to backpack hunting, I mean, I've gone the gamut of everything from starting out as a beginner. Uh, I started my first backpack hunting trip was with my dad when I was, I think, 13 years old. We didn't really know much about anything. We had gone on backpack trips with my grandma, not hunting. And then we thought, oh, let's combine this in hunting and didn't know what we didn't know. But uh, I really enjoyed the experience. And then over the years, as I got older and going on solo trips and other things, especially a lot of my backpack hunts were August early season archery mule deer hunts. And I just, I would read books about it. You know, it was kind of one of those things where it's just like you learn along the way. And so much has changed over the years. Yeah. As I got older, I really got into weight saving when (laughs) it was backpack hunting because there was a few things that didn't exist then there, there wasn't a lot of lightweight gear and the stuff that was lightweight when I was starting out, I just couldn't afford. So I would, I would try to gain a a newer piece of lightweight gear every year and kind of add to my kit. But I would also read countless articles about all these ways to cut weight. Right. So I remember starting out, there was like, I, I, I don't even know where I read it, but there was, you know, all these things. I did everything. I mean, I cut the handle off my toothbrush. I I used to carry paper maps then. Think back, you know, like, dude, I don't know why that feels like it dates me so much, but (laughs) it's not that long ago. I mean, I would cut the corners off my paper maps or trim out areas so I wouldn't have to carry a whole, we're talking a paper map, right? (laughs) Like how much weight's a paper map? I would, I would trim off parts of the map. I would, I would actually limit my food supply. So I would just go in under gunned for food to try to cut weight and, uh, I mean, if I had a dehydrated meal, I'd cut the corners off the meal. I would do, I would, uh, take them out of the bags and bring one bag. I mean, I did it all. And in hindsight is some of that stuff you, you look at, you are like, wow, what was I thinking? Did it even really matter that much? But it really, you know, it shows me, it's kind of a fun thing to think about of like where it's come and, and the difference now. And, and then, the way that my packing philosophy has changed over the years and and really getting to fine tune my personal kit. So, you know, I, I went from that to gaining a little bit more lightweight gear. And then I started filming my hunts. And as I started filming my hunts, I had a bunch of what I would consider useless weight or necessary weight, but things that are just plain heavy. And my pack got a lot heavier. And so as my pack got heavier to take this camera gear, there were certain things that I just couldn't skimp on. I needed batteries. I needed the camera. I needed different lenses. I started carrying multiple cameras, which I mean, I don't know if that was necessary or not, but it helped me capture the hunt. And as I replaced, I had this pack that I got lighter because I got lighter gear and then I replaced it with camera gear which was heavy and realized that I needed to lighten up the setup so I got rid of like I just cut a lot of the gear that I was taking and really fine-tuned it even more and then I also realized that it was almost easier to just get tougher <laughs> than to 
uh, worry about cutting the corners off of my maps, right? It was just, it was like, okay, I went from worrying about all this weight to uh, getting a lighter setup to now adding a lot more weight and just saying, I'm just going to tough it out and I'm going to leave uh, more items. I'm going to use certain things better and really fine tune my setup. And then I've got all this heavy camera gear. And then on trips where I don't necessarily need that camera gear, I've realized, okay, well, I've got a pretty fine tuned setup. And, and there was also this point of, so one thing that I learned while carrying all that heavy camera gear is there is a balance. So I've talked to a buddy of mine went on his first uh, backpack hunt. He just started getting into hunting and I kind of helped him through the process. And he, he drew a Nevada mule deer tag last year. And he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to backpack in. And I'm like, okay, cool. And, you know, I didn't really go over his stuff with him. And I just found out the other day we were talking about it. And I was like, yeah, how much? He's like, yeah, I was carrying way too much. He's like, I should have listened to your tips more. I was like, how much does your pack weigh? He's like, yeah, going in, it was like 90 pounds. Wow. Okay. Well, what happens when your pack is overweight? Yeah, you might be strong. You might be in shape, all these things. But when you have more weight, what it does is it, it, your body physically uses more energy. It drags you down. You get sore faster. You need more calories. And what happens when you don't have those calories to replace that energy that you're expending for that extra weight, then you need more weight to have more calories to do the whole thing. So it's this kind of catch 22 where you're carrying too much weight and 90 pounds is I think on the very extreme edge. And I've I've packed 90 pound packs just to get camera gear and stuff in before, but I like to keep my pack weight around that 30 to 40 pounds. Maybe if I'm going on an extended backcountry hunt later in the season, it's going to be in that 55 pound range at the high end. Um, just as kind of an example, but, uh, when you add too much weight, you really start to drag yourself down. You need more food, you burn more, you get tired faster and it's not a great setup so over the years my kind of philosophy has shifted from you know having a heavy pack to then going into lightening it by worrying about all these little things and then it's moved to having to carry a bunch of stuff to film but then losing out on other gear and just kind of really figuring out how to utilize what I've got and then to the point where now I've got, I feel like I've got a good system of understanding, okay, there's certain places where you want to add weight. There's, there's certain places where, you know, that having that tripod for the spotting scope makes a difference in the hunting. It gives you a better hunting experience. Maybe a little bit more food here or there changes the experience. Uh, one of the, one of the stories that I, I always think about when it comes to backpack hunting was, um, the first time I took my wife on a backpack hunting trip, and I, I've, I've probably told this story before, but it, it bears repeating in this instance just because it's kind of funny because what, what I would go in with was not necessarily what somebody starting out might want to go in with. And I realized, like, I was, <laughs> this could have been a much funnier story, but I realized that, you know, I, I've done this enough, I guided enough, I see what my clients take and, what I end up taking and on a, like if I'm guiding a backpack hunting trip or something like that. 
And so I, my wife and I, my now wife, she's my girlfriend at the time, we're starting to date, and I was like, okay, you want to go on this backpack hunting trip? And she'd never really been hunting, and she was like, yeah, that sounds great. And she's in great shape, but I really wanted it to be a good experience for her. So I, I would, like, start putting stuff in my pack, and it reminded me of really the first time, like, going backpacking with her was kind of like – resetting to the first time I went backpacking. I took way too much stuff. I probably had that 90-pound pack. I was like, we're going for four days or whatever. It was a short trip. And I'm like, you know, she's like, okay, what do we need? Okay, we brought some peanut butter. Instead of just like portioning out the peanut butter, I just brought like the giant jar of peanut butter. She was like, I just did not want her to be uncomfortable and wear stuff out. But that's the, the thing that you understand is as you go through the process of, learning or whatever you realize like if your comfort level isn't real high you kind of tend to take more things and I think back to kind of my journey through it and and as I think about the things that I took on my first few backpack hunts when I was just getting started I really took too much and a lot of the stuff was things that made me feel more secure and things that I actually never used and then as I got later in I took probably a lot less. I, I mean, I've survived off the bare minimums when I was carrying camera gear. And I really realized that, man, I got by with a lot of, with a lot less stuff that I didn't really need. But then there were those trips where I said, man, I wish I had this or I wish I had that. Not necessarily for the survival aspect or the comfort aspect, but for the hunting aspect where I, I started to shed weight in certain areas of things that just had a lot more utility. And so that's the thing that I want to talk about this week is, you know, knowing all the places where I've started from, all the trips that I've gone on where I've taken too much or I've taken not enough, and then finding that balance of we're still out there with the goal of hunting, and we want the things that benefit the hunt. We want to be successful on that hunt. So you can go on a backpacking trip, and that's great. The guy, people that write articles about going on backpacking trips or whatever – it's a completely different thing than going on a backpack hunting trip because on a backpacking trip, you're just walking around carrying your stuff. And that's the point, getting from point A to point B, seeing some stuff, whatever. For me, I have to have a, a different purpose. I have to be hunting for some food. I need to go on a backpacking trip with a gun or a bow. And when you do that, your primary focus is hunting. The backpacking portion is just a kind of this secondary thing that, that falls in with it. It's like your means to the end. The end is the hunt and your means to get there are backpacking. So there's certain hunting gear that adds a lot of weight. And there's certain pieces of gear that you want that add to your success. So we're going to dive into looking at the way that we break out these categories and how we can shift weight around to balance our pack for the end purpose of successful hunting. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the six categories I talked about, shelter, food, clothing, standard gear, personal items, and that hunting-specific gear. And we aren't just going to look at the, per se, products within there, but just understanding how to balance each of those categories for, okay, we, maybe we need a little more utility. Maybe it's a later season hunt. We need a heavier tent, but we can exchange weight in other places or places where it's like, this is a place to look for lightweight gear. This is maybe where you want to put your money in some lightweight gear because, okay, if I get this product uh, or 
whatever, a little bit lighter, then I can exchange that for weight over on the hunting side. I can take a little bit more in optics or um, if I go with less clothing, then I can add this. So we're going to go into each category and I'm just kind of going to go through a few of the items that I have in there, but it's more going to be based on this idea of just where we can save weight where we might want to add weight and where the weight really isn't going to matter as much as other places, maybe places where we can look for the lightweight gear and other places where we can just develop a strategy of getting by with something else that works. So let's start, we're going to go through the list and we're going to start with standard gear. So in all the categories, again, is just reminding about our standard gear, our shelter, food, which I also add kind of water in there, clothing, then our personal items, and then our hunting specific gear. So we're going to start with the standard gear here. And that, the first thing on a backpack hunt is the pack. And that is one of the things that is first and foremost, because it's everything needs to go in that pack. And you you can't really do the hunt without that pack. And depending on, you know, your pack, it's going to be, depends on how much like the felt weight is that you're carrying. And I put a lot of emphasis on the pack. Uh, There's a lot of reasons for that. But, you know, I think that like I I look at where I started backpack hunting and it was with large frame packs. And I used a frame pack longer than most because I knew that in hunting specific scenarios, especially when I was guiding, I was carrying a lot of weight, not just for the pack out, but extra things for clients, all this other stuff. So I needed the room of the frame pack and I also needed just that weight bearing. It's a it's a hauling machine, right? And then I, I transitioned. It took me a long time to transition into internal frame packs because for a long time they weren't there. I've talked about them all the time, but I feel like Stone Glacier really changed, kind of flipped the script. I've used every pack out there. That's, I mean, I cannot think of a, a brand or a company that I haven't used their pack in the past because I, that was one of the things is like, I want to try everything and find the one that works best for me. And I liked the philosophy of what Stone Glacier had because I did not want to sacrifice weight bearing capability for lightweight or design. So by just minimizing what they've got, I got a lighter pack that can carry just as much weight that also is for my body and everything, especially once you, you definitely need an adjustable pack. I've talked about that before. It's hard to find ones that aren't adjustable anymore, but people still make them. I don't know why, but an adjustable pack that I kind of can cut weight in the pack because it's something that you have to have, right? So it's like, if I can cut the weight in the pack itself, uh, lighter materials, less features in pockets, but it doesn't really matter because I'm, I'm shedding pounds. And when you shed, when, when you're talking about backpack cutting, shedding a pound is a lot because all the pounds add up. And when you when you put all those pounds added up, you shed something here, maybe you can add it back into something more important than just your backpacking gear. The backpacking gear, remember, in backpack hunting, this is just stuff that gets us to the place to do what we want to do. And what we want to do is go hunting. So if I can add in some hunting gear to balance the weight of the stuff, the, the utility stuff, the backpacking stuff, then I can maybe have certain items that help me find success on the hunt. And the pack is the first place to start because it's it's the vessel that carries everything to where you need to go and you need it for the hunt. So my personal pick is the uh, Stone Glacier pack. I think when it comes to size, you want, I mean, go for the largest you can get when it comes to packs. Personally, that's just the, my philosophy because 
you know, you don't have to use all the space. Now you're, you say, well, you're talking about balancing weight. A larger pack has more weight. You might not need it. Yes, that's correct. But I like a lightweight pack with a lot of space. So if I need the space, I can add it. I can have the space to pack out. I can have the space to add gear, whatever. But definitely understand what kind of hunts you normally do. If you don't do long expedition, and if you aren't doing a week-long hunt, most of your backpacking trips are going to be three to four days or less, you don't need as big of a bag. And so that right there is a place that you can just say, like, this is the kind of hunt that I do. This is what I'm looking for. Here's the kind of bag that I need. And there's a lot of different packs out there. There's a lot of different options. But that is kind of the first place that I start. And now other things in that standard gear. These are things that, I mean, when I leave on a trip, this is stuff that I pretty much always have. It doesn't even really matter if it's a backpack hunt. It's This is just, these are the things that never leave. So it would be my pack, a first aid kit. And the first aid kit that I use, I, I've kind of tailored to backpack hunting but also just hunting and the things that i find that i need there's a little bit of foot care stuff in there there's you know a lot of things to bandage stuff actually quite a bit of duct tape antihistamines uh, there's an extra amount of uh, advil or ibuprofen and some kind of maybe uh, a sleep aid and then i've got some other like wilderness athlete vitamins in there that i might use along that might could either go in the food or whatever but I definitely kind of put that in there. And then I also carry a tourniquet. I did a on YouTube, you can find a, I just kind of like at the end of the season did a first aid kit pack dump. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff in there that, you know, you gain stuff and there's things that you need to replace. You should constantly go through your first aid kit and I fine tune it every year. Um, I think in that video, I didn't have the tourniquet in there because I always had it somewhere else. Uh, now it's in my first aid kit on every hunt lightweight one i think that that's you know when you think about hunting and the kind of accidents that you might have i i know people that have run broadheads through their legs and crazy stuff right and you just want to be prepared for that so you've got your pack you've got your first aid kit i always have my phone now it's like we have them in our daily lives but it's also used as my mapping software uh, that's my maps now and that's also um, a good way to just bring a camera and other stuff and maybe that's not 100% essential, but it's definitely, I think, part of the stuff that I take. And then along those lines, I also now always carry some kind of satellite messenger. I've got the Garmin Mini in reach. So that's kind of always with me too. It's it's a good backup. It's a good safety, but also I can check in with my family or whatever. It's funny because I went from starting out, you know, the, that wasn't a piece of essential gear. I don't even think I mean, I would just tell someone, hey, I'm going here and I'm going to be, I'll be back in two weeks. And like, okay, cool. And that was it. You know, I'd go back out there by myself and it, it's just times have changed. Yeah. I think you, in those days, you had to be a little more self-reliant in some ways. People that got started doing that, right? Because there was no backup plan. There was no reach out. Like I would, I would write down, this is uh, just a little anecdote, but before I would go on a trip, I just had a sheet that I would write down and I would say, I would, they would give my license plate, my vehicle color, my vehicle make and model, where I was planning on going, when I was planning on being back. The uh, And not just planning on being back, but like, here's when I'm planning on being back. Here's when you should really worry <laughs> because there's always that like little bit of gap of not knowing. Here's the place that I'm planning on going. Here's four other potential places that I'm going to go. 
uh, here's the where I'm planning on camping. But, you know, obviously those things change. I would also tell people my type of boot so they could understand the tread pattern. And I would say like uh, back then I think I had who knows what, whatever the boots were, whatever tread pattern it was, and then what I was wearing and my tent. And, and I would – or like bivy sack like so you would know like, yeah, I'm planning on a base camp or I'm just bivy sack hunting and then obviously things change. But I would leave all that information with one or two friends or, or my family or something like that. That way if something went down, they would know where I am what and just maybe – then that that was the system, right? That, that was a different times. Um, but uh, good times really. You know, now we've got so much – connectivity but i think it's just kind of a, a essential tool and then for me i i always generally and this is one i'd say in the standard gear that can go or not go depending on the trip because they can be heavy but a multi-tool of some kind i find them very useful and oftentimes i'll i'll have it in my pocket or or whatever so it's not necessarily weight in the pack but a multi-tool of some kind because it's got pliers it's got you know a saw it's got you know just a light multi-tool just for fixing things other things you just i just find a lot of use for it but honestly i don't take it on every trip that's one of the things that they can be heavy and i just decide i don't need it on this trip because i'm gonna need a hunting knife anyways i'll always take a hunting knife and i you say oh you could skin and do with a multi-tool and i've done plenty with a multi-tool and i find that a actual hunting knife is much better for that task so so then I, that's one of the items in that standard gear that can come or go. And now there's a lot of people, you know, when you're starting out this standard gear list and we're going to hit the other ones, but there might be other things in this standard gear list that just make you feel more comfortable. One of the ones that I see a lot of people take is some kind of survival kit, right? Where it's got the emergency blanket and the this and the that and Oh, and I would say, sorry, in this standard gear also, uh, lighter and fire starter. And that's in my first aid kit. <clears throat> you always have to have some some way to start a fire and a backup way to start a fire. I, I just have some kind of striker normally for me and then a lighter um, or whatever. Just a couple and then definitely some a little bit of fire starter. But that's that fire starting stuff is my survival stuff and now i know i've seen people like take like it's like oh they buy a survival kit in the store i don't know how many people have, i've seen with something like that it's like here's stuff that they never going to use but they think well i might need it right and yeah you might but some of that stuff can just be you like you really got to understand i think as you go along you gain a sense of comfort and what i'm air quoting here bush skills where half the stuff that's in those survival kits is things that are in something else that you can replace with something else that you might already have as other gear that serve the same purpose. So just kind of keep that in mind. Now we're going to talk about, I mean, in the vein of survival, shelter, it's like you need shelter first and then you need water and food and that's how you survive because you can't really survive in the elements if you don't have proper shelter. And on a backpack trip, we take this as a necessary item and a luxury item because we're going to be camping there for multiple days. And so the weight of these things depends on the time and the style of hunting. I do two primary types of backpack hunting. So one is called bivouacking. And there's a, a product called a bivy sack, which is like a lightweight bag that goes over your sleeping bag. And I have done a ton of bivy sack 
camping. But bivouac hunting, I think, if I was just to define it, is more like you're carrying everything on your back every day. And that, when I backpack hunt, I generally don't like leave a camp. I'm, I'm moving, I'm constantly moving and checking new areas and you know, your mode of transportation is on your feet. And so I, I most of the time have all my stuff on me all the time. But there's another way of hunting where you go, you set up like a base camp and then you hunt from that and then maybe you pick that camp up and move. And I do both of those types of hunting. So your shelter can be multiple different things. It can be a lightweight single man tent. That's what I like. A, I, I prefer a tent now just because of that's this is where we're talking about the utility and, and things for hunting. Because when you're hunting, you, you're going to be out in the elements you might need to dry some gear off. You might need to store some gear. Uh, having a tent just gives you that extra bit of room. Maybe it's a creature comfort, and but it can also be used in a lot more rough elements. When you think about somebody that's backpacking, right? They're they're generally backpacking in the time of year when it's mild weather. It's summertime, hot. It's you know the, there's not a lot of weight in the shelter aspect. But when you're hunting, you're talking about late summer, fall early winter. So a lot more four season camping. And so the tent is a shelter of any kind is really important. And there's a lot of different options for that. So you can go as lightweight as essentially a tarp style tent that uses your trekking poles and, and those work great. Or you can go all the way to like a four season two man tent. Uh, sometimes I'll carry something like that, especially late season. That's what I choose, even if I'm by myself. If you got multiple people, you can take a bigger sleeping system. It seems like on most of the trips now, everybody kind of just brings their own tent because tents got so much lighter. When I first started doing that, like backpack hunting, we would bring one tent. The tent would be like eight pounds. It was not a very good tent. And, you know, you'd split it up between two people. Now you could get a like a four season two man tent that pretty much is half the weight of what you used to carry for less, you know? So it's, things have changed in that regard and having your own little space and tent and shelter. It's like, it doesn't change the weight that much. So it doesn't really matter, but you know, on, on long backpack expedition type trips, if you're with a buddy or whatever, yeah, go ahead and ensure a tent, split the weight up. But that shelter is one where it's probably a good place to cut some weight, but you got to think about the type of hunt you're doing. So like I said, we're, we're bringing it back to utility. If you're hunting late season, you need a late season tent. Those are a little bit heavier. So what are we sacrificing in our, our hunting weight? And that's maybe an area where you go, okay, I can, I can find a lighter weight item, but you could also go, okay, well, my hunting strategy for this is I'm going to be carrying this heavier tent it's taking up more room, but also I can set it up as a base camp and then hunt from there. And if I need to move, so you're, you're changing your hunting style from, okay, bivouacking and carrying it everywhere to now saying like, okay, I can go in and, and this is where that utility comes in. Cause we can carry more weight in this area because we're going to need it. Uh, it's going to be a more comfortable camp and we might be getting snowed on. We might be getting whatever kind of weather. Now I've got a good shelter. My shelter's set up. I can store things in it and I'm not going to be carrying those around all the time. So it's more of a day, trip in and trip out is heavier, but the utility of having that four season in those later season hunts makes up for it. Now the other thing is our, our sleeping bag. I prefer... You know, I, I generally sleep pretty cold. I mean, I am pretty cold when I sleep. Most people aren't like that. Most people are hot when they sleep. I'm the opposite. 
So I like a, a warmer sleeping bag. I'll shoot. I've used zero degree bags in the summer. It was like crazy. It was a little extra weight, but whatever. That's the bag I got. Right now, I generally use a fifteen degree bag, and then we'll mix clothes in or whatever. But that then you've got your pad as well. And I spent money on a good pad probably eight years ago, and I'm glad I did. I've I've only had a couple pads in my life. I take good care of them, and I kind of just buy like the latest and greatest a couple times <laughs> throughout my life. And when they get a little bit lighter or whatever, yeah, I'll swap them out. Mine's a Neo Air Thermarest. I haven't really used a lot of different ones outside of Thermarest. I don't know why, just because I started with them and they've always done good for me. I'm sure there's there's always Big Agnes and some other ones that are probably good. And then I've had different ones over the past two that are more just like real light, more inflatable. There's a lot more that could go wrong with them. I've only had them pop on one trip and it was terrible that trip because the pad not only works as you go like, oh, it's a comfort thing, right? I went with somebody and they're like, I don't take a pad. You're like, cool, dude. <laughs> but it's like... I mean, I'm as tough as the next guy, right? But the pad is the one thing, like, I, I don't want to be all kinked up in the morning. But it's not just that because it increases the the thermal capacity of your sleeping bag. There's a lot of – a lot of the cold comes from the ground and the, the rest pad, like, insulates you from the ground. So one of the things that I've done recently is instead of just a full sleeping bag, I'll do the pad and a quilt, which Stone Glacier has one, and it's a – it essentially uses the pad as the bottom of the sleeping bag and then the quilt or whatever. So like half a sleeping bag goes over the top. And I've been using that a lot, uh, especially on the back. And that's like, man, I've shaved some weight there, shaved some bulk and utilized what I've got in just a better way. So that's on the shelter side. Now we're going to look at clothes. The clothes that you take on a hunt vary. And I think this is where new hunters load up. And this is the easiest one to shed weight. You just need enough clothes to survive. You don't need, I mean, I've gone with so many, you know, when you're guiding and it's like, all right, we're, we're going in the back country. And you like the guy that you're hunting, like you've got as the guide, you've got extra stuff anyways it doesn't matter like you're carrying a lot of weight and their pack seems to be just as heavy not heavier than yours and it's primarily because they're like okay i've got a pants and i've got a spare pair of pants and i've got this and i've got that and i've got three jackets and you're just you're going like okay that takes up a lot of weight takes up a lot of room and it's not necessarily necessary i mean there's rare instances where you are but for the most part, I, I mean, you can you can wear the same pair of pants for a very long time. <laughs> I've, I've proven that. It sounds dirtbaggish, but it is. I mean, that's the point. You're just, you're living in the dirt. You're, that's just, you don't necessarily need all the extra clothes. The one extra thing that I take, and I know guys that are just, they wear the pair of socks that they're wearing. They don't bring an extra. I'll bring one, a change of socks and a change of underwear. That's like my creature comfort right there because I love that like throw those new socks on in the middle of the hunt. So, you know, at newer hunters, they might have multiple pairs of socks or whatever. This is where you can really shed that weight. But I would say there's a few key pieces of gear that you need in the clothing department, rain gear, uh, especially if you're somewhere where that's likely to be wet. If you're somewhere that's not likely to be wet, you may be able to skip that and then just use your shelter. If it's like a random rainstorm, you can just pop your tent up and, and jump in or carry a, like a little bit of a sill tarp or something like that in, in lieu of rain gear. But uh, rain gear, 
I bring, uh, you know, the clothes that I'm going to be wearing, insulation layer, like a base layer, thermals or whatever, if it's the cold type hunt. If not, don't really worry about it. And then, you know, something warm, your jacket, your maybe a, a puffer jacket, something light as well. So you could, you know, like I might need a little more on this. And then you've got, you know, your your beanie, your gloves. And, and that's pretty much what you need, you know, just essentially one set of clothes. Like you could throw everything on. You almost can wear everything on your body and have your rain gear in there. And then that extra jacket will be the thing that comes on and off and goes in your pack. And then when it gets real cold, you just throw your rain gear on and start walking around. And then if it's even colder than that, you can, you'll be, it'll probably be nighttime and you're in your sleeping bag anyways. So, uh, that is the area that I feel like you can shed the most weight and bulk, um, especially for new hunters. But remember, this is, we're, we're talking about balancing your comfort level, balancing your time. So this might be something where you, you play with it a little bit. If you're guy, you're thinking like, yep, I definitely bring way too much in this department. Think about you know, maybe going on a shorter trip and, and trying it out and and see what you can get by with. And this is where I, I mean, look, I was in this category. I brought way too many clothes on most of my trips. And that was the first thing I started to cut when I started carrying a lot of camera gear. And I realized how little I, I needed to get by. So that's just a food for thought. And speaking of food for thought, we're going to talk about food on a backcountry hunt. You're carrying everything you're, you need. This is the one that I've toyed with over the years and i think that i've found a better balance i for the longest time took not enough food i mean i was at a major calorie deficit and i think because of it i would i don't know if i'd tire out but i just couldn't you just didn't i just didn't hunt as well like i would go and I would grind and I would just grind and I'd be exhausted and I would just live with it. And I got used to that feeling. And so you maybe go like, well, that's a good thing, right? It doesn't matter. I've, I mean, I've been on hunts where I've had no food and gone day, like just really pushed my body in probably ways that I shouldn't. But I think that the food now is one of the things that I don't mind taking a little bit extra, having more calories because it's, it's, it's weight that disappears, as the trip goes on, your pack gets lighter. And that is the best part about the food situation is if it's too heavy, eat it, okay? Like you can always eat it. Um, you can always eat more. You can, and by having that good balance, I think that you really lend more to understanding your body. And we talked about in an earlier podcast the how to not bonk in the backcountry and covered a lot of this this stuff. And that's real important stuff. I always have my hydration recovery, a little bit of uh, you know, my energy and focus for that like extra bit of boost and then my hydrate and recover. Um, I've got my food and then now we also need something to generally cook the food with. So that's a, a fuel and a stove. This is an area that I like to go lightweight on because, you know, I've had them all. It just depends on the time of year. I've got two different types. I've got the lightweight one, which is the most basic. It's a MSR. They call it a pocket rocket. I think I still make it. I don't know. Mine's like probably 20 years old and a fuel tank. And that's pretty basic. And then I've got like for if I'm on a longer trip or with multiple people, the MSR reactor, it's more like the jet boil style or people take a jet boil, those are great. You know, like something to, to boil water with. And the f- the cooking portion of it, like that takes 
weight as well. Another thing that I, so this is something that I learned when I was carrying a bunch of camera stuff is I would go on no stove trips. It's like, all right, I would bring a pot. If it's a place that I knew I could make a fire and I bring a few meals that need to be heated, but sometimes I would just, I don't like it. I mean, it's ruined a lot of meals for me, but just mix in water or eat the freeze dried meals dry and just go no stove. If you really wanted to, if you're like at that point where your pack is, is heavy and you go, where can I shed weight? You can eat all your food without cooking it. That's a creature comfort that I really like. I like my hot meals, right? Um, but it's not necessarily necessary. I still would bring a, a cup that I could boil water in just in case I needed to. Just like a lightweight. I've talked about getting a I said, that's, oh man, every time somebody asks me, what do you need for Christmas or your birthday? Like my wife always asks, I'm like, nothing. And I keep remembering every time I do a podcast that I want to get a, like a titanium cup. I'm just going to write that on a list right now. All right. So no stove cooking or no stove food is, you know, you, you can think about it. That's another way to shed some weight. And so you go, well, what trip would I do that on? Well, if I had a, a extended backcountry trip where I felt like optics are really important maybe and I probably wouldn't do it on a you know maybe a lot like if I was like okay I've got a sheep hunt I need a spotting scope and I need a good spotting scope to age an animal and I'm like I'm going in for a long time and I don't necessarily need a hot meal every day then this is a this is an option Honestly, though, for me, most of my no stove trips are short trips because I think that if I go on a long trip, I want that creature comfort, the utility of having hot beverage, hot meal. Like it's that you almost look forward to it every day. So it's mostly my like real quick, I call them like bonsai trips where you just, you, you jam in, you jam out. It's a long weekend kind of trip, a three-day trip. And I go, okay, I'm going to cover probably a lot of country on these. I'm going to bivouac. I'm moving. And I don't necessarily, it's like I can get by with it for three or four days without a hot meal. That's cool. Those are the kind of the more trips where I choose the no stove cooking. A lot of elk hunting trips where I'm going, okay, I'm just, I'm chasing bugles. I probably got my pack on and it's heavy and I want to lighten up that setup. And so I'm going light and fast and, man, I don't really necessarily need the stove. That, that's just an option. And then within there, you've got your water filtration as well. So SteriPen, pump filter or potable aqua tablets you can those are that's a good way to choose your weight is based on your water filtration but also kind of i gauge that on the type of country that i'm in man how bad is the water going to be when i'm on a drought year backpacking in nevada i'm probably going to take my pump because the water that i'm going to encounter is disgusting and even though the other stuff might do it you're like well there's probably lots of heavy metals and minerals and all kinds of stuff and i just want to filter out a lot of that stuff and i might just choose weight on that but then there's other trips where i go the water's pretty good here it's clean it's clear i can exchange weight for maybe just saying okay i've got i'll just use some potable aqua tablets i'm it's not a long trip or it's a longer show ago okay, i'll just use a steri pen it's pretty easy and it's probably the fastest easiest method so there's options there now we're going to look at our personal items. This is another one where I say new guys bring too much. You've got your toiletries. I think that's toothbrush, toothpaste, toilet paper. That's pretty much all I take. I mean, there's people that have deodorant and all the other stuff. And yeah, I guess maybe if you're sharing a tent, deodorant's not a bad thing. I've taken it before, but um, 
you know. And then now something to charge your phone with is a that's a big weight. So, you know, you can depend on you can gauge that on like, okay, I've got a phone charger. I've got, you know, portable phone charger. How much am I going to use the phone? Am I going to keep it on the right modes and not jump into it enough? Then I don't need a big charger if I'm going to be using it a lot. Maybe I want that bigger charger. That's where you can balance your weight. Uh, people take wet wipes. I don't actually necessarily take those. I just feel like they're heavy for the use of them, but uh, I know people like them. And then, you know, maybe another personal item would be the camera. It's, it's not integral to the trip, but it, you know, it's something that you might like. Nice thing about phones is shoot the phone on my, my the camera on my phone, just as good as a lot of cameras. And then if you're hunting with someone else, maybe uh, like a small, use these like little midland radios. If you go, okay, we're, we're, we're hunting together just to stay in communication. If somebody gets injured or something happens, or maybe there's a hunt where it's legal to use two-way communication, whatever, it doesn't really matter, but maybe having a small radio and then extra batteries for that kind of stuff in that personal item category. So now we're going to jump into the hunting specific gear. And this is where we're balancing all that other weight to kind of really fine tune our setup here. And there's certain items that you have to have. And the first is your gun or your bow, whatever, or whatever you're hunting with. And this is where I think that is another well, when it comes to a rifle, I think a good place to put in a little money is because you want a gun that's like your success comes with how well you can hit what you're shooting at, right? <laughs> I mean, you do all the other things, but if you can't hit what you're aiming at, uh, it doesn't matter. So gun, bow, what have you, you want to be confident with what you've got. With the uh, firearm, you know, I think that having a good gun is good and then having a lightweight setup is great and i the way that i do my firearms is i'll go i i find a light gun and then i put a good scope on it and generally a scope that's maybe a little bit more tactical um something that's adjustable and adjustable turret and so it's like i've got a light gun i put a you know probably a bigger scope on it and then that balances it out to be like a normal weight gun now I use the Vortex Light Hunter Tactical LHT. I feel like that scope for me is the one I like. I've asked for something. I don't know if they build it specifically for me, but I'm not going to say that they didn't know. It's just I think it it covers a lot for hunters, and and it is a lot lighter. So it's got a lot of features. A little bit lighter. Throw that on a light gun. You've got a really light setup. And the thing about a gun and or bow is it's something that's always on you and it's just weight you can't get rid of you've got it every day and this is not something that backpackers have to think about this is on you all the time and so it's like kind of like when it goes back to the pack it's the necessary item that you have to have so going a little bit lighter there is good when i think about my bow setup i don't actually do this i like shooting a heavier bow i shoot it better that's another thing to think about you got to go with what you shoot good I don't try to go like lightweight archery, but I have found that my setups with my Matthews and everything integrated is just more streamlined. So it is a little bit lighter. And then I throw on a bow sling to cover the strings on my bow. Yeah, that's a little bit more weight, but I just want to protect that equipment. And then I can use that sling to easily carry the bow around. So it's not always in my hand, always on my whatever. Um, but you, you most of the time, can kind of strap it to the pack hand hold it mix it around a bit uh, how you carry it and that helps distribute the weight 
The other main thing when it comes to hunting specific gear is going to be the optics. And this is where I play with the weight more than anything in my other setup to really distribute like the weight to being able to carry optics and not exceed that weight where you go, okay, now I've got too much stuff. I'm too heavy. I'm too loaded down. The optics are the things that are, in my opinion, it's like a, a hunt maker, a hunt breaker, having the right optics. I don't know. Like if I've said this before, I would rather go with no, like I'd rather be dropped off. If somebody's like, okay, here, you can, you can choose one of these things. I think I'd rather hunt naked and have optics than have no optics and hunt clothes. <laughs> like it's just, it's, that's how integral it is. It's like breathing for me. Um, I just need it because it's a very successful tactic having the right optics. So obviously you've got your chest pack with your binos and your, your range finder, and that might be enough for whatever hunt you're doing. The easiest place to shed weight is not bringing a spotting scope and tripod. The, depending on the hunt though, that might be the exact thing you need tripod i rarely don't go in without spotting scope sometimes i'm fortunate that i have multiple spotting scopes over the years i've i've got two different setups so i've got one setup that's my day hunt setup or my like big glass setup and then my other setup is my lightweight backcountry setup so i've got a real lightweight scope vortex a small vortex razor scope and i use that on more hunts than not but if it's a very optic-specific hunt, then I exchange other things in my kit. All those other things we talked about go into the weight of carrying that heavier spotting scope. If I'm going on a sheep hunt, I'm absolutely taking my big spotting scope. If I'm going on a uh, mule deer hunt, generally I take the big spotting scope or I take the light spotting scope in an extra set of big binoculars. And you go, that's ridiculous. You're talking about backcountry hunting. People talk about cutting corners off their map and you're like, I'm going to throw in a heavy pair of extra binoculars. I'm like, yeah, for me, the whole point of balancing my other stuff is so I can carry this stuff. So I can carry the stuff that's integral to the hunt that I'm doing. Not every hunt is that optics intensive. So we got to go like, if I'm just going on an elk hunt in September, generally, I, I mean, I might have, uh, a spotter with me probably do like the, a small packable spotter but honestly might not i might just be in a place that's thick i might be bugling a lot and i'm using my other optics and i might even just throw in the tripod for glassing off of if i really need to verify something i'll like throw my binos on that tripod and cut weight that way but uh, if i'm in an optics intensive situation and I, i'm gonna need that stuff uh, this is one where I don't want to skimp on weight and I'd rather just cut weight other places because I think that that's part of backpack hunting is, is having the stuff you need to hunt. Then, you know, in this is game bags, knife, uh, your ammo or arrows. Ammo is one thing where some people take, you know, like throw a box in. They've got some in their pockets. They've got a loaded gun and they just throw in a box of ammo in their backpack. And I'm like, if you need that much ammo, something's gone wrong and you should probably hike back. But you definitely need to make sure you have enough to, to get the job done if something did go wrong, right? So a loaded rifle and maybe five extra rounds, that's like 10, that's half a box of ammo. You should never need that many, but there you go. And then obviously your tag and then pack liner, which I call it's a contractor bag um, those are my hunting specific items so when it comes to lightening up that setup if you're a rifle hunter i think it's worth getting a, a lighter rifle and, and balancing your setup that way 
And then really all the other stuff is used to kind of balance out the weight in here. And when we're talking about the weight, you got to understand like where you're at, your fitness level. And sometimes you go, well, my pack's heavy, but it's just going to be better to just put in a little extra time out of the season, get in a little bit better shape so I can carry that big spotter and not worry about it and not feel like it's dragging me down or I can have that four season shelter because I'm going to be in some rough wintry conditions. And that's something that I think I need. So those are ways that you can balance the utility and the weight of your setup, constantly thinking about these things. And then I say it all the time. And I, you've, I, I want some things to sound like a broken record because they're, they're tips that really do come through. If you're just getting started backpack hunting, go on a shorter trip, get your feet wet, dabble in it. Go out, maybe a long weekend, a three-day, four-day trip, whatever. Maybe just a two-day trip. Bring what you think you need. You can get by. You could carry, like my buddy is like, you can carry the 90-pound pack. You'll probably survive. But on that trip, you're going to have things that you never use. And make note, when it comes to packing, backcountry hunting, you really refine your kit by using it, going through and saying, this is something that I didn't use. There might be, you might go on two or three trips and say, I never ended up using that. And you go, well, if I needed it, I'd want it. But you may never encounter a situation where you need it. That that goes with a lot of the extra clothes, a lot of the extra things. There's times where you're like, you might bring it, and you're like, I'm glad I brought that. Keep it. But refine your setup based off of what you use, what you don't use. And then as time goes on, you, you become more comfortable with your skills and your abilities and, and knowing how much food you need, knowing how much you need to get by with, and just continually refining your setup. You want to be comfortable, but you also got to just kind of learn to be a little comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and that's kind of the fun part about backpack hunting is, is just you're really in some ways roughing it. And that's, that's the exciting and fun part about it. But I think that the one thing that I like to stress is when we're talking about backpack hunting, we aren't talking about backpacking. We're talking about hunting. And, and so you want to make sure that you have the necessary items for hunting and so you, you can fine-tune the things that aren't for hunting that you can maybe uh, cut weight on. And I think that that, in a nutshell, is looking at the balance of weight and utility. I hope everyone enjoyed that podcast. I think it's fun to talk about that kind of stuff this time of year too because you can think about gearing up, maybe go, oh, I, I want to get a lighter stove. I want to get a lighter sleeping bag or tent set up or maybe you're an early season hunter and you can go with a really ultra light tent. Um, just thinking about some of the things where you can you can shave some weight and, and gear up. Next week, we're going to talk about a front country setup and you go like back country. Yeah. Not all hunting is this back country pack in trip. And that's a fun experience. It's a great hunt. You can get into some good animals, but I'd say the majority of hunts are what I would consider front country. It's day hunting. And when you're talking about day hunting, most often you, you probably cover a lot more miles that way. So we're going to talk about some of the front country setup, like some tactics for hunting that, that day hunt country and I'll kind of go into some of the, the things that I think are important when you're doing that, some of the things to look at when we're hunting that, what I would consider front country. So today we talk about back country. Next week we're going to talk about front country. We've also, we're going to have a live Q&A coming up. So pay attention to my social media for that. I'll post something on that. We're going to have a pretty awesome prize for one of the lucky caller. I like doing that. It's a lot of fun. And I just really enjoy getting to talk to you guys about see where your thoughts are and, and what you guys want to talk about. So that's coming up. As I alluded to earlier as well, 
We've got the fallow deer hunt giveaway. I'm really, really excited to be hunting with one of you for this. I've never done anything like this before. And so I'm excited to see how it goes. You know, it's going to be, I think like it's, it's an awesome trip and it's cool that we're able to, to do this. So there's a couple ways to enter. So I'm, we're running the, the giveaway through go hunt and outdoor class. You can sign up. So you get multiple chances to enter. Well, we talked about backcountry gear. This is a good way. If you're going to gear up with something, you get one entry for every $10 you spend in the go hunt gear shop. So for every $10, you get an entry. And also, so all you have to do, you have to use code Remy, but you also get 10% off eligible purchases. So you use the code, you get 10% off certain items. Discount codes don't apply to, to certain things, but it's got everything in there. Optics, packs, camping gear, just, I mean, literally everything you'd need for a backcountry, pretty much any hunt. It's got it in there. So now would be a good time if you're looking. Uh, they've also got day six arrows in there now i've talked about those are the arrows that i use and they've always been just direct to consumer but hey they've got them in the go hunt gear store now so you could buy some new arrows for the season you're entered in to win a chance to hunt with me the hunt is going to include i'm taking you hunting we've got lodging the three days of hunting meals are all covered we're also covering transportation to the hunting area two thousand dollar travel stipend to cover your flights so this is going to be a really cool trip. Also, there's other prizes as well. Vortex Optics gift package that includes a 65 millimeter spotter, 10 by 50 binoculars, and then a HD 4000 rangefinder. We've got a Yeti package in there that has yonder bottles, Yeti uh, hoppers, tundras, pangas, the whole kit. We've also got a Stone Glacier pack that has the Evo 6900 backpack, perfect backcountry backpacking bag the chilkoot sleeping bag and then their gators and then we've also got a thousand dollar go hunt gift card so you could just buy whatever gear you want so those are the other prizes in there the total prize value is like over twenty five thousand dollars so there's a lot of awesome stuff in there other ways to enter uh, you can go outdoor class that's the it's a video education series if you i've talked about it before i've just filmed my next series so that's coming out this summer it's for bow hunting mule deer my last course was on mule deer hunting there's a lot of elk calling stuff in there cooking stuff that's pretty awesome use code remy as well you'll save 20 dollars plus you get 15 entries and then you can sign up for the go hunt insider this is probably your best bang for your buck because you use code remy you get 50 dollars in store credit to buy gear with and you get 25 entries you know so that's something to think about you're like well I mean, you could just sign up all your family members, whatever. <laughs> it's like more chances to win. So there, there's a lot of chances to win. If you've used my code in the past, you are entered. So you can always check out the website. You can go to my website, remywarren.com, find information on it, or go to gohunt.com. It's actually, or just search Remy Warren Hunt Giveaway. It actually popped up on Google there. So a lot of ways to enter. Really looking forward to this. This this ends here in a couple of days. So end of March. It was a March 31st is the deadline. So if you're listening to this podcast late and you didn't get in, sorry. (laughs) And honestly, I mean, I'm, the odds are pretty good as of right now. It's pretty much better than drawing a, a lot of the tags that you're applying for. I mean, so this is, this is a, could be a cool way to go on a, 
a hunt of a lifetime and i'm really excited about it and and if the person's cool with it i'd love to film it and and share it with you guys so it's going to be a lot of fun until next week i'm just going to say pack on catch you guys later we